All right, welcome back to On Tap Bets. I'm Joey Ricotta. Sorry for the lack of show last week as we are restructuring things a little bit. Uh, Iowa Zach won't be joining me on the show. Uh, absolutely no hard feelings. Uh, you know, sometimes life gets in the way and you've just got a lot going on, and that that's kind of the situation that we have right now going on. Uh, but uh, definitely, uh, you know, if you're listening to or watching this, Zach, we hope to have you on. I, I would like to have you on uh, in the future as a guest or, or whatever the case may be. So, um, but yeah, hopefully one of these days we can make that happen. Uh, with that said, I have on Joe Maris. It's uh, the Joe and Joe show here tonight. And uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to dive into some of these games and, and talk about some bets we like. How are you doing, brother? Good. It's, it's nice to talk about some football. I mean, once you hit Friday, that, that's what you look forward to is the weekend of football. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's something I feel like I, I look forward to all week. Um, you know, after the games get done, you kind of need like a refresher or a little bit of a breather on Mondays, but we still have the Monday night game uh, every week, Monday night football. But um, it feels like we kind of need that little bit of a breather, especially for me on Tuesday. It's more of a fantasy football waiver wire day. Yep. But uh, other than that, it's kind of nice to get a little break. Lately, we've had uh, some nice action going on with college football, so that's been fun. Um, but yeah, man, it is great to have you on here, and uh, I'm excited to get this going. I think uh, we've got a pretty good slate of games here on both sides of the board uh, with college and with NFL, and uh, you know some marquee matchups, and we've picked out a select few that we we want to talk about. And uh, I'm interesting. To, I'm interested to hear your take on some of this. Um, you know, I guess we can just kind of start out right there, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, let's let's dive in here. We can go ahead and start with college. Uh, start with the Saturday slate. Uh, Michigan State, number seven. I'm, I'm by the way, when I give these numbers and these these rankings, it's by the College Football Playoff Committee rankings because I feel like at this time of year, it's a little bit more important to go off of that, considering everything. Uh, you know, instead of the AP top 25 or whatever. Uh, but we have uh, number seven, Michigan State. Sparty is traveling to Ohio State. Uh, and Ohio State is minus – I believe it moved up, actually. I think it's minus 20 right now. Is that – I don't know if you're looking at it at all, but um, I didn't recheck these numbers before we hopped on, and I probably should have done that. It's a little tough to do both at the same time. But uh, over under of 68 and a half. So I will go ahead and let you kick this one off, Joe. What do you think about this game? I mean, that's just an absolute <clears throat> crazy number for a top 10 matchup. I understand, you know, Ohio State is just a, a wagon, and you could totally see them covering 19, but wow, is that an insane number. Total is up. So right now it's at 90, it's still at 19. Total is at 69 and a half. And I mean, those are just tough numbers, man. When you think, you know, excluding Ohio State, and you think Big Ten, you think low scoring games. Even with Michigan State, I mean, they could put some points on the board, but not like Ohio State can. It's just an insane number, man, for a top 10 matchup. 19 points is incredible. But, I mean, both these teams control their own destiny. Both these teams can make the playoff. Mm -hmm. So it's it's exciting to see how this is going to play out. Same thing with the rest. I mean, Michigan, too, in the Big Ten. They have they control their own destiny. It's, it's just a matter of when you got the other team on the field, you got to beat them. So – we're just going to have to see how it plays out. 19, I, I don't know what I expect the number to be. I didn't expect it to be 19. 
No, I honestly, I didn't either. I guess kind of what I make this line. So I, I do something every week, at least I've been starting to do this more and more as I do an average consensus line, which is basically I take five power ratings from different outlets and then I do a consensus line. I, I put together basically my own line instead of just creating my own line, which I could uh, by, you know, what I would think that the game should be at. But I like to go off this consensus line and then I kind of work my way down and I look at, you know, the matchup at, at hand and how I think it's going to play out and where I find the edges at. The average that I found was minus 17 and a half, basically. So okay. you're right there. And I agree with you that this is probably a little bit too many points, but I also feel like it's deservedly slow. So when you look at just how these teams are and what, what they're coming in like, and just the numbers uh, behind everything. So I don't know, I guess with that said, what, what are you, where, where are you at though? Like you think it's too many points. Is, does that mean you're on the Michigan state side or does it, or yeah, where, where you, where'd you land on this? Oh, it's, it's tough. I mean, Ohio State, their offense is, is absolutely incredible. And you can see this game, if it if Ohio State, especially at home, gets off to a quick start, I mean, you could see them just coasting to a three-touchdown win. But this kind of feels like like Michigan State, they had that, you know, they beat Michigan, nice come-from-behind win. And then they follow that up with that absolute blunder to Purdue. And then they come back and have a nice win against Maryland. Like, it, what do you – like? I don't know. I'm not sure how to make or what to make of Michigan State with all that stuff. But I, I'm I, I like betting. I, I always lean towards betting favorites. But seeing 19 is tough, especially against Michigan State. But Ohio State did just absolutely absolutely demolish Purdue. Yeah. So yeah. if I was gonna pick anything from here, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Ohio State just because I I trust them more. But I don't know how much I like it. I feel you. I feel, so I, I assume this is one that you were actually leaving off of your card, but that's where you're you're leaning then. Right. I mean, this is one of the games that's a top ten matchup. It's it's a marquee matchup of the weekend, but it's just this this might be one of those ones where you, you kind of just watch and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, look at Michigan State right now. They're preparing to to pay a former Bears uh, defensive coordinator a huge contract. It sounds like I, I believe I saw ten years. 95 million or something like that. I could be wrong about the actual uh, mm-hmm. specifics. I actually heard it's going to be over like a hundred. Oh, really? Okay. That's so that's, that's even more insane. Not saying he doesn't deserve it. He's done an incredible job with Michigan state, but um, it's just a wild contract when you look at uh, a lot of other college coaches. <laughs> um, no. So, I mean, you know, this is a huge game, obviously for Sparty. They basically own their own destiny. They went out. They're in the big 10 championship. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, uh, you you talk about the implications there. Ohio State, same deal, Uh, you know, so. And it's they're favored by the playoff committee, as they are always every year and they will be moving forward. So they're basically a shoe in to be in that playoff. Uh, Obviously, Kenneth Walker has been incredible. You know, Uh, the biggest thing in this game, though, for me, honestly, is Michigan State's passing defense. Now, the way C.J. Stroud in this offense has been really getting going lately, I mean, I think Sparty's in big trouble here. I think right. Peyton Thorne, you know, it, it's it, there's a chance that he exposes the Ohio State secondary a little bit, but I think they've been a little bit better in rec- recently, although Aiden O'Connell, I think he, he had a little bit of success against them, but 
Um, you know, Ohio State, they rank 100th in passing yards per game allowed. So that that is there for Peyton Thorne if they can take advantage of that. Will they? I don't know. And they also have a pretty decent – they have a much more balanced attack than Purdue does with, uh, you know, Purdue doesn't have as much of a running game as Michigan State with Kenneth Walker. Uh, Michigan State, though, dead last in passing yards per game allowed, 350 per game allowed. And they are coming into this game in terrible shape. Uh, they've allowed 430 passing yards per game over their last three games. So uh, I'm looking at this. Right. I mean, you, th- Chris- and you, you think about the two receivers that Ohio State has. I mean, three. three. You got Olave, um, blank on names, Wilson, right? Garrett yep. Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Yep. And uh, who's the, who was the guy last week had a big game? I can't remember his you name. You know, I forget how to pronounce it. It's Jackson right. Smith. Yeah. Right. I mean, he had a big game, too. I mean, those guys are premier receivers. And you're going up against a terrible passing defense, like that just does not match up well. And Ohio State's kind of finding their top running back with uh, Henderson. Oh yeah, you could see them if they can get out to a big lead, they could sit on it. But it's hard to sit on a three touchdown lead by just running the ball, you know. Right. <laughs> and that's the thing, though. Will they need to? Because like sitting on it for them, they could even use. Uh, Henderson as well. He's a pretty good receiving back. So it's like sitting on it for them. You give it to Henderson, who's, by the way, second in the nation in, in mm-hmm. rushing yards, uh, just behind Lou Nichols, who Lou Nichols has played one more game than him because they played earlier this week. So, you know, I'm just looking at this and I'm like, it, you know, and Henderson's third or sorry. I was I was actually thinking of uh, uh, Kenneth Walker when I was talking about <laughs> the, uh, the rushing yards. Uh, Henderson, though has been better than uh, Kenneth Walker as far as a per carry basis, third in the country, averaging 7.3 yards per carry. So I don't know. I'm leaning Ohio state here. That's kind of where I'm leaning, but uh, I'm not, it's not something I feel great about. I just, I've learned my mistake from last week. I bet Purdue because I thought it was too many points and sure enough, it turned out not to be (laughs) enough points. So I've learned my mistake there. I'm not betting against Ohio state at this point in the season, but um, I'm considering Actually, Ohio State's team total over. Mm-hmm. And my favorite bet uh, in this game, which I hope you can find it still out there, because right before we hopped on here, I was able to grab it. C.J. Stroud over 311 and a half passing yards, and I found that on uh, DraftKings at uh, minus 115. So and that's 30 yard or 25 yards less than what they give up a game. I mean, that seems like a shoe in, especially yeah. if Michigan State can keep it somewhat close. But you think if you can get Michigan State off their running game, I mean, they they that they lose their best player, right? So you could see you. I can see the path for Ohio State minus nineteen more than I can for Michigan State. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we're in agreement there because I think it was. You know, I never want. I, I hate looking at these super large spreads when it's such a big, important game like this, especially a, a conference game. Right. With implications on the line. And I don't want it to be a blowout. <laughs> like, that's why it makes me not want to bet Ohio State. But that's the only way I could even see playing this game if you're playing on the spread, at least. I agree. So, with that said, let's move on here. Uh, we got uh, next game, we've got number 10, Wake Forest at Clemson. And uh, Clemson was uh, minus four and a half favorite. I believe maybe you can correct me on that. Uh, could you do me a favor? Maybe pull up the the Vegas spreads. Sure, um, I got it. 
Yeah, because I, I know a lot of this is changing as we're on the fly here. And I'm sorry to put you on the spot while we're on here, but um, let's see. So we, we finished talking about the number one scoring offense in the country and continue with the second-ranked team in points per mm-hmm. game. And that's Wake Forest, 44.7 points per game. Uh, you know, Wake Forest, they, they've been just like nobody's business putting it up behind Sam Hartman. Uh, you know, they travel to take on Clemson, ranking third in points per game allowed, just over 15 per game allowed. So uh, this is going to be a real test for Wake Forest here, uh, given that they're playing this solid of a defense. And it's also going to be a test for the Clemson defense to be able to stop them. Uh you know, Clemson ranks 32nd in passing game, passing yards per game allowed, which is really good, just over 200 per. They do an even better job stopping the run, 18th in rushing yards allowed per game. Wake Forest, on the, on the other hand, 81st in passing yards uh, per game allowed and 114th in rushing yards per game allowed. So I'm looking at this and I'm wondering, like, does this line make sense here? And, and I think it – it does to an extent just because Clemson is is I don't know Clemson's 106 in passing yards per game as offense. I mean, just and they're under 200 yards per game with DJ Uangalele. I I know I screw up his name, I butcher it every time. Uangalele right. to me, like that's just what I'm gonna stick with. But um, you know, they should get Will Shipley back for this game, which should be good for the running game. Mm-hmm. Um. But I don't know. Tell me, walk me through this. What, what do you? Uh... I I completely agree with you that I'm not. It, it, it's a weird line. It's you're just at the surface level. You're like, you know, top rated offense going at Clemson after going to play Clemson after Clemson's having probably the most disappointing year of any team in the country. Yeah, and, and Wake Forest is having a great year on the other side. And but at the same time. Like you said, you're, I'm not surprised that Clemson is favorites, but I would probably, I would have probably expected to see it more around just a, a point, maybe. I don't see a situation where it's four and a half. I mean, I could, yeah. if it was under a field goal, I would, I wouldn't be as shocked. And because I, it doesn't make sense to me, I would lean towards Clemson, just because it makes no sense. I mean, yeah, uh, I, I think at home you can expect the defense to hold more than you would expect the other, the, the opposing team's offense to show up. But at the same time, I mean, when you're second, I mean, they're averaging 44 points a game. That's no joke. And it's, you know, it's immovable object versus unstoppable force kind of thing. You know, who's going to win this battle? I don't know. But Clemson, again, I mean, they, they're coming off a, uh, you know, a massive win just as far as point differential to Connecticut. Obviously, UConn stinks. It's no shock. But they're kind of finding their offensive game a little bit. The last three games, 30, 30, and 44. I mean, they're fi- kind of find- finding it a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. So, you know, it's it's nowhere near what you expected out of Clemson. But they're putting up some points. I mean, that's 100 points in three. That's I mean, that's, that's not nothing. Mm-hmm. So just because the line seems weird to me, I would take Clemson because this is one of those things that the the people who are making the line know a little something more than I do. Yeah, you know, that's so – yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned or put it that way because that's kind of something that I'm I'm trying to be more cognizant of uh, as I, as I, you know, 
move along handicapping these games or trying to predict these games or what I think is going to happen. Just where the fishy lines are, right? Like this could be like the fishy line of the week as far as I'm concerned, or one of them. There's another one too that we'll probably, we're going to talk about here in a second that I could also make an argument for. But yeah, I mean, you, you <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what to say because I feel like you're probably onto something there that, that the bookmakers probably know a little something that we don't. And I'll say this too to back up your point. You know, Wake Forest defense—they've been bad. You know, allowing thirty points per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Clemson though, as bad as Wake Forest defense has been, Clemson's one hundred and tenth in offensive success rate. And, and and DJ and they've been making some progress. And I agree with you there. DJ is still missing guys. He's still overthrowing guys. I mean, even last week. You know, when they when they're putting up points, he's missing guys, he's overthrowing guys. That's not gonna cut it here against this Wake Forest offense. As good as the Clemson's defense can be, I still think Wake Forest offense is gonna put up points. And it makes me nervous because it looks like the money is on Wake Forest. Well, at least like that's kind of like the popular play is Wake Forest. And you know, everything you hear. But I'm gonna go with my gut and say this one is at least a close game. So mm-hmm. uh, give me Wake Forest and the points because they, they do have a lot to play for here as well. So I right. I, I like Wake Forest here. I mean, at this point, Clemson, I mean, they're obviously not playing for the playoff. The ACC overall, they're going to be lucky to get a team into the playoff. So. Yeah, true. I mean, Wake Forest is their only chance. And. And I still don't see that happening. No, because well, you got a lot riding on the ACC championship game, but their opponent for the ACC championship game is not going to be anything special. So it's it puts them in a tough spot. You know, it it may be one of those situations where they they know they have absolutely no shot unless there's just chaos everywhere, which is possible. We've seen it before. So, I mean, you could see just Wake Forest just putting on a show the last two games to be like, Hey, we're here. But I, like I said, this line makes no sense, which makes me lean towards the home team. Yeah, I could see it. I could honestly see it playing out either way. So and I, it's yeah. at 11 central time. I mean, that's just, you know, it, it's a, it's a big game because it's a top 10 team playing at Clemson. who has been so good these last, you know, six years, but at 11 o'clock, it just doesn't have that same big game feel that maybe Wake Forest needs. Mm-hmm. So, it, but, but also, okay. So there's two sides of the coin to that. Cause I could see it from that perspective. And I could also see it from the perspective of maybe this benefits Wake benefits Wake Forest that they are playing at this time, time frame because it's not as big of a game. Like imagine playing Clemson at night with that raucous crowd at a night game, you know, nationally televised, huge game. Uh, at night with that rowdy crowd, I could see it actually benefiting them to play at this 11 o'clock game. And I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong thinking there, but. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, it. that's right. I mean, these games, some <laughs> that's why betting is so tough. <laughs> yeah. 100%, man. Yeah. It's but yeah, like, I, the total does kind of seem a little intriguing to me because like you said, Wake Forest puts up points and a good defense can only stop that to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And with the way Clemson's been scoring the last three weeks, I would not be surprised to see that go over. You think so? 
points per game, Wake Forest at 44, Clemson gives up 15. You say that maybe averages around, that would average at around 30. Mm-hmm. And if Wake Forest, if Clemson's going to cover that spread, that's 61 points right there. <laughs> so, yeah. So there you go. No, I do. I, I actually do like the over as well in this game. Every Wake Forest game pretty much goes over. Right. Get so. your get your day starter with a nice little over. Yeah, who doesn't love an over early on in the day just to say, hey, I got to see this game score a ton of points, and I was right about it. Energy vampires, that's who. <laughs> like the world burn. Dude, I, I do like some unders as well. I'm not going to lie. Sorry. I People hate me for that, but I, I've yeah. been profitable from it. So that's I'm how you win. Yeah, I mean, you win by betting. You don't win by betting the overs, I'll tell you that. Yeah, they, they jack up these lines because they oh, know yeah. everybody's betting the overs. <laughs> it's because it's, so, it's more fun. It's it a The overs a party. When, when you hear most people give out, especially like just their prop bets, like I don't know if you look at people's different picks for prop bets throughout mm-hmm. the week, even just for NBA and stuff, it's always over to go over this point total, over to go right. over six, over to go over. You know, and and I do the same thing. I look for those opportunities where I can take the over because mm-hmm. it's way more fun. Oh, it's so much more fun. And that's what you're trying to do here is have fun with gambling. Obviously, you want to make money, but it's about having fun. Yeah, I want to do well, you know? Like, it's, it sucks to have to root for no points. Right. Anyways, with that said, we'll move on. Uh, so it, it sounds like you, you got Clemson, I got uh, Wake Forest, and now we both like the over. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on here. We got number three, Oregon, in the at least in the playoff rankings, and uh, number 23, Utah. Uh, Oregon traveling there. And Utah is a minus three favorite. I'm not sure if that line has moved since we hopped on. Um, still at three, yeah. Still at three. Still at three. Yeah, yeah they're uh, laying three points. Over-under is at 59. Now, Utah opened up at, as a two-and-a-half-point favorite with a 58-and-a-half-point total. So that tells me that there's some money that's coming on Utah and also on the over. Uh, now, I, was, I, I do the averages thing. As I mentioned before, and I, I average this out to be basically a two-point spread. Mm-hmm. Not a huge like difference off the the spread, and there's not a huge edge there. I like to have like a two or three-point edge at least until I feel real comfortable with it, and then I'm like really severely looking at it as a potential bet. But uh, you know, I don't know. What, what do you what do you see from this game? And I'll, I'll let you go ahead and talk about this one first. Just like we talked about with Wake Forest being the ACC's only shot at a team in the playoff, and it's the longest of shots out there, Oregon is the Pac-12's only chance for a a playoff. And I'm pretty sure it's all but confirmed that Oregon versus Utah is going to be the Pac-12 championship game, regardless of the outcome of this game. And if Oregon loses even one of those matchups, they're done. So. They already want them like people that are that look at the playoff rankings and all this because Michigan was ranked higher than Michigan State. People are already asking for Ohio State to be ranked higher than Oregon, even though Oregon beat them and they had the matchups. Right, and I, I mean, I I think people have less of a problem with that rather than Michigan Michigan being over Michigan State. But yeah, the 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 play is going to do the talking. I mean. Playing at Utah is a tough place to play. They're good. I mean, they're just always a tough team. That's Utah's brand. They're just tough. And the Pac-12 makes no – like, if 
football overall makes no sense when you're watching it. The Pac-12 makes even less sense. It's the wildest conference. You just you yeah. always have to budget for the stupidest loss. Just Oregon lost to Stanford. In what world do those teams and play on the same field and stand, and Oregon loses? You know, I lost money on that game. So, just on the pure fact that this is a must win, the first of two must wins for Oregon against Utah, I would take the points with Oregon. Yeah, regardless, it's going to be a close game. It has to be. I don't see a situation where this is not a close game. And, and if Utah's able to pull it out, it feels like a last-second play kind of thing. But I think Oregon, they have. I mean, if they if they lose this matchup, it's over. So I, I think they're going to win this one. I think they have enough motivation. It's. You know, I, I think this is the one they pull out. You know, they may not pull out the conference championship game, but I think this one they got. Yeah, so I, I've been waiting for Oregon to slip up here. I've been wanting them – I've been wanting to see them lose for a while because, to be honest, after they cost me money against Stanford, I don't want them to win. Like, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, petty like that. I've been of petty. course. I, I'm being petty with Oregon and with the Ducks here. But, again – you know, we talked about it. Another seamless transition. I mentioned about Ohio State being, you know, ranked or them ranked ahead of them, and the playoff committee seems to value Oregon over Ohio State when the head-to-head matchups they don't they, they, that they tell us. Oh, aside from the games, you look at the stats, and you know, it it just doesn't make that much sense to me because it's like ultimately that's what we're supposed to do as betters, right? We're supposed to look for the edges. We're supposed to look at which team we bet on, which team do we think is better. Not the playoff committee. The playoff committee is supposed to look at it, in my opinion, they're supposed to look at it as results-based more so than predictive, and results tell us Michigan State beat Michigan. So I know we're not talking about that game, but anyway, starting with Utah, that game last week against Arizona, that was too close to com- for comfort. Uh, right. no, too close for comfort. Right. For me, and and really, it was Cam Rising, and, and they've been this offense has been pretty good, really, over the last three games too. They're they're, they're three game win streak. They're averaging forty four point seven points per game. Uh, he took them down last, you know, towards the end of that game, seventy five yards. It was thirty one to twenty nine that they mm-hmm. just barely led that game, and then he took them down the field eight twenty four late in the game, and you know, that was a one win Arizona team though. Like right, they have been playing with some juice. Again, I mean, you think for Utah, is that a sign of things that you, you don't want to see? <laughs> the answer is probably. Right. And that's and that's and that's kind of where I fell to, Joe. I you know, the answer is probably, in my opinion, and you know, maybe Oregon's not as good as the record shows, and I don't believe that they're as good as the record shows, but you and Utah isn't terrible against the run either, but they're worse than Oregon behind Brown. You know, uh, you know, he could throw the ball and run. Uh, Travis Dye and Byron Caldwell. I mean, I think they really have the edge offensively here mm-hmm. uh, versus Utah's defense. I, I agree. Um, and and we know how much of a like havoc wreaker Kayvon Thibodeau is uh, on Oregon's side of the ball. Yep. I mean, a future first round pick. So a top pick. So I mean, I'm not quite sure there's a big enough edge to bet. Aside here, but 
I got to say the value to me is, is in Oregon. If I'm going to, and I, I think I might wind up there as we get closer. I'm hoping to get a hook, to be honest with you, that more Utah money comes in and I get a hook. I, I think it's, if it's still at three now, this, this is the type of games that this is the type of game that Oregon shows up for. It's, it's not the letdown spot that it, normally is like like when they let down they let down to a team that's like stanford exactly not not in a big game like this so i i think i will take the points here with the ducks i agree and i you know like you said you're hoping for that hook but there's still value i mean they're the they're the underdog and they must win situation to keep their playoff chances alive you're getting a, a team on a, a playoff team on a must win at plus money I feel like you have to take that. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, how disrespected do they feel coming in as an underdog, even as a road team, when they've right. had the better record-wise season than Utah. I agree. So, anyways, with that said, uh, looks like we're on the same side there. Uh, number twenty-one, Arkansas at Alabama. Number two, Alabama. Uh, Twenty and a half point favorite, Alabama. Mm. Over under fifty eight and a half. Uh, Joe, I guess I'll I'll start this one off here. Yep. Uh, on paper, Bama's got the edge just oh, by yeah. the department. I mean, we but we know the games don't take place on paper, right? I mean, if you look at it on paper, that's that's exactly what it is. Unless you're the, the playoff committee, as we've already said, mm. uh, they look at it on paper. It sounds like Bama thrashed New Mexico State fifty nine to three. But, I mean, that's New Mexico State, right? Uh, they can thrash just about anybody, though. I mean, K.J. Jefferson, as a dual threat, he's been great. He hasn't killed it through the air necessarily this year, but he's been good on the ground as well. But you remove that Georgia game for Arkansas, which I believe Bama is worse than. Right. Uh, we, you know, I think it's safe to say that at this point in the season, at least. I mean, Bama would compete with Georgia – and potentially even they could beat them, which they're going to have to do to make the playoff, I believe. My, right. They're going to have to beat them. Right. Um, we'll see. I mean, that's not for sure either because we know it, there's a way There's a way that playoff committee could still put them in there as a two-loss team, which I would hate. Um, but there, there's an outside chance that that happens. Mm-hmm. Arkansas, Pig Suey would love nothing more than to go to Bama – and knock them off and just remove all doubt. Like you, you give this two loss team if they beat. Let's say, let's say Arkansas beats for a second. I want to pause where my thought process was going for a second. Let's say Arkansas comes in here and and knocks off this Bama team. And let's say it's still Bama versus Georgia in, in the uh, SEC championship game, and Bama beats. Georgia, are they in? Georgia, no. Is is Bama in? Oh, if Bama loses, a two loss team. If they lose, you're right. And I'm not. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but like, let's just put it out there that it's a possibility. I think that's the only way they do make it as as a two loss team is they would have to end up. They would have to win the SEC. But right. yeah, I, it would be. We. I mean, I don't expect Alabama to lose tomorrow. You know, either, twenty and a half obviously is is you know the better question, and that's what we're here to talk about. But Georgia 
at the current moment is head and shoulders better than Alabama. So, but it's hard to tell until those two teams get on the same field. But what it, at the end of the day, would it shock you for the, to see Alabama sneak in as a two-loss team? Absolutely not. Not really, just because of how just because of how favored they are, and the everybody they want to see Bama in there every year. Especially in that situation where they do beat an undefeated Georgia team in the SEC championship game, I think ultimately most people would end up being okay with it. The only reason you wouldn't be okay with it is Cincinnati. I think that's, I think that's the biggest gripe, which maybe we could talk about in, in honorable mentions for games this weekend is is Cincinnati. But it, it's just a unique situation. This you know the last two years where you know those group of five teams are kind of getting screwed, and whether that's right or not. Right. You know, it's it's tough. You know, there is no right answer unless you're a fan of a group of five team. <laughs> it, yeah, no, it is tough. I mean, I, I'll say this. I, I hate to be that guy that's just like, oh, Bama wins every year. You know, I don't want to see Bama in there. But there are some deserving teams, mm-hmm. right? especially if they if they if they lose to Georgia, it's over to me. In my opinion, yeah, I agree. They should not. They do not deserve to be in there over a potential one-loss Notre Dame team, over a potential zero-loss Cincinnati team, over a potential. You, you know, you go down the list. Yeah, one-loss Wake Forest. No, they just don't deserve it. But exactly. But if we're looking at this game, I mean, you know, I talked about KJ Jefferson, and you remove the the Georgia loss, which I believe, you know. Every other contest, though, Arkansas has been in, basically, other than maybe Auburn. The problem is, right. Bama stops the run well, and Arkansas doesn't get to the quarterback much. I mean, luckily, Bama gives up 2.4 sacks per game. So they they don't exactly protect the quarterback well, and uh, I think Arkansas has a chance to keep this, this game close. And if it gets to 21 and a half, like if we get 21 and a half, not 21. I'm not trying to push. If we get 21 and a half, I'll probably bet Arkansas here. I will. Uh, but because Arkansas runs the ball at the sixth highest rate of any team in the in the country and Bama stops to run pretty well, third fewest rushing yards per game allowed, mm-hmm. I think this the, the bet here for me is under 58 and a half. I, I see a lot of clock burning. I see a, a smash mouth type of contest. I could see Bama covering the spread with like a three touchdown win, uh, but I do see an under here. So, what do you what do you think, Joe? I think it's a route. I think Bama absolutely destroys them. I, don't, I think it has nothing to do with Arkansas. I think it's the situation where they they got to hype themselves up, especially if they lose. If they're you know obviously they plan on beating Georgia. <laughs> You're not gonna find a somebody in Alabama who doesn't think they're gonna beat Georgia, but they gotta plan. They gotta they gotta route these last two weeks to prepare just in case they lose, especially if they lose close to Georgia. I think it's a route. I think whoever Alabama is gonna play, it just happens to be Arkansas. It's mm-hmm. gonna be a route. So I would take Alabama. Do you think? Do you still think the uh, the unders in play, or do you think it's such a route and they give up some points to Arkansas? As well? I, I think the, the the way you said the way you uh, talked about the how Arkansas likes to run the ball, you could see a lot of three and outs that way. You could see a first down run, you know, one two yard gain from maybe you know you could see them behind the chains easily. So 
that wouldn't shock me. And Bama, Bama, they're more than fine with sitting on it, I would assume. But I don't know. Because, again, you're looking at a team that's trying to get style points. Yeah. So it, it's tough. And I'm just, like like we mentioned before, I, I'm not much of an unders better. <laughs> but, yeah. but, again, you know, as a lifetime loser, <laughs> betting the over, you know, what, what, what does my opinion really matter? <laughs> I mean, you know, it sucks to say that it, it always sucks to take the under. I, I, I agree there. And let's be honest, there are certain certain times where I'm just like, I don't care. I'm betting the over. Mm-hmm. And, and I could be wrong, but at least I'm going to be having fun watching this game. Like certain I- games. But it's like it always feels like a lot of these big games – that's when the under happens because mm-hmm. there's so many people coming in last minute on the over and then the line gets moved up even further. And then people are still betting the over because they heard, Oh, the over is a good bet. The over is a good bet all week. And then they get screwed because they come in last minute. It's like, dude, you, you missed your opportunity on the over. Mm-hmm. The Oregon line value was gone three days ago. That's so, a, as a team with Bama that averages 44 points. You have to, you know, you you mix, you got to factor in maybe at least fourteen for Arkansas, and that puts mm-hmm. you right at fifty-eight. I mean, that's it's that's. Tough. Tough. I don't see a reason why Alabama can't get to forty against Arkansas. So I, it's tough. I, I think okay. The only reason why I say this, and also it goes back to the, uh, the the amount that Arkansas rushes the ball, and I don't want to cut you off. I could see a little bit more conservative play from Nick Saban. And, and I don't think that he's going to, like, let us put off the gas at all. I think they're going to try to put as many points as up as they possibly can. But I don't think that they're going to be able to do as much downfield. And I could be wrong about that. I think there will be a lot of check down, uh, a, lot of, a lot of check down passes here from Bryce Young. And we look at last week, even against New Mexico State, New Mexico State's just horrible. They're going to give up explosive play after explosive play. You're going to be able to do whatever you want against them. I mean, it, Bryce Young was near perfect. He was 21 of 23 last week. You could probably do that here against Arkansas, maybe, but like you're, I don't think you're going to get as many yards, even in the running game, and you're not going to be set up as in as many good field position. Uh, you're not going to be in as good a field position as you were last week, I don't believe, mm-hmm. against uh, – against New Mexico State, although, like you said, you could see some three and outs. So the under does make me a little nervous, especially at the points you made, but I just have a feeling that this game's going to be like – I could see like 52 points, I think, is kind of where I'm where I'm looking at. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see any situation. So, But I, I would just, you know, as a as a classic over better, I would – it's just tough taking unders, man. It is. I know. I know. I feel you. Um, let's move on here. I, we got to get into some NFL action. Yep. We, we've actually been a little bit overboard here with the college. Any honorable mentions you have for college? That, that's that you like at, at this point. I think you get the Cincinnati SM. So Cincinnati's their 10-point favorites. It's been talked about. They need style points. They need style points. They haven't covered in, what, three weeks, four weeks? So at what point, I mean, they're undefeated, but they're on the outside looking in at number five. They they need to win, and they need to win convincingly. Will they do it? I have no idea. Do I want them to do it? Absolutely. SMU's mm-hmm. 
and SMU's a good football team. But at some point, Cincinnati just got to put their meat on the table. So I, I, I would like Cincinnati even at the 10. Yeah. I'm not, I, I don't like it, Joe. I don't like it. I'm not <laughs> betting against it, but I don't like it because I feel like SMU could. This is a game. We've seen a bad Cincinnati team now. A good, good team, but I mean, right. We've, we haven't seen them fully step up to that potential and they've just been letting worse teams than smu hang around exactly they haven't been able to separate yeah that scares me i agree but at some point they just got to do it man and i i think everybody in the mother in this situation loves smu mm-hmm. yeah, this is exactly like purdue last week <laughs> purdue. I, know, it makes, I know it makes you nervous so you know it's one of those i'm sure SMU's going to be a super joe public pick you're so. probably on the right side of this, uh, yeah. to be honest, because of that reason alone. Uh, I just won't find myself. I'm not taking either side. I'm yeah. Can't uh, with. That's just one I just left off. My honorable mention, I think, is Wyoming here, plus six, taking on Utah State. I think Wyoming has been playing better football lately. They've, they've had some contests where they've been in, and it just hasn't quite worked out. And just teams that they played close and just – I don't know. I think Wyoming here, Utah State should not be favored by this much, in my opinion. This is going to be more of a smash-off game. I could see Wyoming winning it outright. So if you're going to give me six points, I found. Uh, I know it's consensus, I believe, is like five and a half. I'm not sure if that's right right now. But uh, you can find some sixes out there. I was able to look right before we got on here for this game. And I, I like Wyoming getting a touchdown. I do. I would lean towards you. I can't say I've watched much of Mon- or Wyoming this year. So, well, you know, I'm just a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to watch Wyoming. Let's be honest. They're not a terrible football team, though. Um, not a great record. But anyways, let's move on here. That was college. We, uh, I think we have, uh, we we broke down quite a bit there, even in just four, five, six games that we talked about. Uh, the two briefly that we touched on. Um. We got our – I don't know. Are you a Bears fan, Joe? I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this. About So, I'm not I, – I, it's nothing like how I am with the Cubs. But, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit newer into being a Bears fan. But I am definitely a Bears fan. I do root for them. But I'm not a – I don't take the losses to heart. Not just yet. Okay. So, I'm – I definitely take the losses to heart. And uh, I will be breaking down this game a little bit more in depth with uh, a couple buddies with the uh, here coming up on with the Bears on Tap show. But you know, I so and I appreciate that you're a Bears fan because at least we can have some pain together now. Now that you're like feeling it, uh, this has been like my life of like feeling it with both the Cubs and we've and I don't know if I mentioned this, but and for anybody listening or watching, me and Joe have done uh, Cubs shows together and talked uh, Cubs baseball quite a bit with uh, Cubs on tap. And uh, so it's always fun to talk our, our Cubs and now our Bears. Mm-hmm. Um, before we talk about this game, by the way, it's the Ravens traveling to Soldier Field to take on the Bears. Um, I would just like to remind everybody, if you're looking, because this is a game personally, Joe, I don't know about you, but it, it I should be at that game. <laughs> on Sunday, like yeah. I want to be at that game, and I don't think I'll be able to. But I, if I were to go to the game, this is what I would do, right? I would be if you if you're looking for seats, like if you're you want to go to the game like me, if you're looking to buy tickets t- 
to the next big game and enjoy what all Chicago sports have to offer. Go check out VividSeats.com. The prices are fair and the customer service is top-notch. They even have an app so you can buy or sell directly off your phone. On any order over $100, use our promo code ONTAP to get $10 off your order. Again, that's ONTAP. Promo code and for $10 off your order, Vivid Seats, life happens live. Mm-hmm. And it's going to happen live on Sunday. we got a noon kick between the Ravens and Bears. Uh, we'll start out. Uh, I'll leave it at this, and then I'll let you give your thoughts. The Bears are beat up defensively. Like, there's no way around it. The Bears are beat up defensively. It's going to take a big game, in my opinion, on defense from Roquan Smith, even as a blitzer. Like, I think he's going to have to get it done both ways, not just – they're going to have to use him as a blitzer in this game and uh, and then running a lot of spy on Lamar Jackson Yep. Uh, for them to stop this Ravens offense, which honestly was not looking good against uh, the Dolphins on the last time we saw him on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. That's a short week, though. I'm willing to forgive that a little bit. I think uh, with Khalil Mack out now, uh, just having foot surgery – you know, out for the season. We've got Keith, no Akeem Hicks, no Danny Trevathan. We got Eddie Jackson questionable. Uh, Allen Robinson doubtful on the offensive side, but that defensive side is really brutalized here. Uh, also, at the way Justin Fields played in the second half of the Ste- against the Steelers, I mean, just incredible. And and that's two weeks in a row, really, in the second half that he's kind of come alive and just. And that was his best performance by far that we've seen in in, in his young career so far. Uh, the way he closed out the game against the Niners, obviously the week before is great. Um, that Steelers defense is better than this mediocre Ravens one. Like, I'm just going to put that out there. The Ravens are 25th in overall defense DVOA. I don't know if the Bears are going to win this game, but I truly, especially with all the injuries, I truly believe there will be points scored in this game. Someone is putting up 30-plus points. Maybe both of them are putting up 30-plus points, even without Allen Robinson. I could see it if he doesn't, even if he doesn't play. I don't know. Marquise Goodwin get deep on the secondary. you got Justin Fields making plays with his legs, just throwing darts to Cole Komet. Mm-hmm. I've liked what I've seen from Demir Bird, too. I liked Demir Bird when he was with the Patriots. Yeah, there's no reason why he can't have a, have a nice game, especially in Allen Robinson's absence. But I'm going to disagree with you. I think the Bears are going to have a hard time putting up points. And it's tough. It's always tough talking about your favorite team. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, like I mentioned before, I'm not quite there yet where it's like Bears, Bears, Bears. I love the Bears, but I'm not quite there. I'm at a spot where I can, I can kind of see. I feel like I see that it's just this classic spot where you have Justin Fields on Monday night looked absolutely amazing. I was hyped up. They lost. You get, you're happy with that loss. And then they go into a bye week, and your expectation coming out of a bye week is always wrapped up. Mm-hmm. So after a primetime game where fields looked really good, it's a, it's a classic. Uh, uh, it, the game will not meet your expectations kind of day. And I, I don't maybe th- I don't really think you're wrong that maybe a team was going to put up 30 points. But I think the Bears might struggle to get to 10. So, if anything, I would like the under, and I would definitely like Baltimore. But, again, it, it is tough betting against your favorite team. And, <laughs> hard, like, you gotta, it's hard to take that look in the mirror and just be like, 
they really do stink. You know, they're not great, especially with they're missing their best players. They're just, yeah. you know, Allen Robinson's kind of disappeared a little bit, but he came alive a little bit in, in Pittsburgh late in the game. But, I mean, it, it just comes down to, your, to you're missing your best players. And the Ravens are just – I just have a feeling they're just going to absolutely pound the ground against the Bears, which would lead me towards the under. Hmm. That's the way I see it. You know, okay, let me stop you right there. So I, I'm saving a little bit for later, but I see a route, and I'll just say this. I see a route where – they are forced to throw the ball. The Ravens are forced to throw the ball, and the Bears try to take away all they can in the running game. Now let's look at the running backs, right? They don't have the greatest running backs. They just have Lamar Jackson as a running back. Really, that's really what it comes down to. I see a route where they try to do all they can to take that away, and they're forced to throw the ball. And then that's where I think the quick points come in because I think the secondary can get beat with the Bears. So all I'm asking for, if it's the Ravens that put up 30 points, all I'm asking for is the Bears side, 17 points. Right. And I think they can do that. I think they can muster that. So I'm not against what your prediction is with the Ravens here. I am totally against the uh, – and I and I definitely understand that part of, of being maybe a letdown spot here after the big Monday night game. But we also have to remember they lost that game too. Right. So, you know, there's also that factor coming in where, you know, hey, they're not really like settled on anything they're feeling good because they lost the game at the end of the day. And I don't think Justin Fields is the type of player that's like, I'm happy with losing because he was, he's been a winner his entire career. So I'm looking at this and I just, I don't know, man, it just, it's one of my favorite bets of the week. I'll tell you that. I, I, I love the over this match. I'd be happy to be wrong. I, I would be happy to be wrong here. Yeah. So with that said, and hopefully, obviously we both are rooting for the bears to win. Of course. Of course. Um, yeah, I'm not taking the Ravens in any situation. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, well, let's move on here. We got another uh, – we got a, more NFC North teams squaring off against each other. Uh, we got the Packers minus one and a half at the Vikings, over under 47. Uh, Green Bay opened minus two, and the total was 50 and a half, I believe. So that, that total came down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, kick us off here. What do you What do you think? What are, What are your thoughts? And what do you see? The Packers are good, man. Packers are real good, but at the same time, the Vikings have been a team that has just been hard to peg. I was listening. I, I listened to the herd every every day on the way home, and he said he said something. It's the Vikings have led by seven points in every single game this year, which is absolutely insane because I'm pretty sure they're under 500. So. That just talk about something that doesn't add up. He also mentioned that Kirk Cousins in his career against the Packers is six and seven, which is incredible considering you uh, assuming thirteen if you know most of if not all thirteen games have been played against Aaron Rodgers. That's an incredible number. So you would like the Vikings' chances here, but I think the Packers are just different this year. I, I there's just something about them. They've been able to win ugly, and every single Vikings game has been ugly, and the Vikings continually find a way to lose. So I would I would lean towards the Packers here, even without Aaron Jones. Man, 
We are on the opposite sides again. <laughs> it's been it's been like this now for a few picks, right? So, and I like it because it makes it more entertaining. It makes it more enjoyable. At least, at least for me as a viewer and listener, I would like that. Not just to disagree, just to disagree, but you make both arguments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Rogers returned last week. I mean, he did return last week, but it wasn't the reason why the Packers won. Right. So, so I'm looking at that, and that defensive play is much better. I give credit to the defensive passing game. A passing defense has been much better, um, even without top cornerback Jair Alexander. They've been able to actually play pretty well in the secondary. I mean, you look at even Kevin King last week had a pretty good game, and that's Kevin King, like one of the worst cornerbacks, in my opinion, it has been in the league, like just horrible. And you got Eric Stokes returning, uh, eighth in pass DVOA, third fewest passing yards allowed, just over 200 yards per game, third fewest passer rating allowed. Like th- this, getting the quarterback for them this year has been big for them too. Uh, Adrian Amos in the secondary, former Bear, can't forget about him. Mm-hmm. You know they, they've been they've had some playmakers. However, this Minnesota offensive line has actually been pretty good in pass protection. And that's something I really looked at. Minnesota's tied with Tampa Bay for the fewest sacks allowed, and they are second in adjusted sack rate. And Green Bay is getting to the quarterback up near the top in sacks. I mean, excuse me. Uh, but, But when you look at the advanced numbers too, which might be more predictive, they are only 20th in adjusted sack rate for the Packers and 23rd in pressure rate. Their run defense still leaves a lot to be desired, in my opinion. I mean, we got 24th in rush DVOA. I honestly, I'm looking at this and I think, Joe, I think Dalvin Cook has a field day running the ball like he did last year, the last time these teams uh, matched up, you know, versus, versus Green Bay. Cook had 226 total yards and four touchdowns. And then I'm also looking at these, these weapons that, that Minnesota has. And can Kevin King really duplicate what he did? Now, now keep in mind, they played Russell Wilson in, in Seattle. That was Russell Wilson's first game back. There was some rust there, in my opinion. Right. So it wasn't all like this is just terrific defense. They did play really good defense, but they also didn't have a running game. They also would just had Russell Wilson just coming back from injury. You know, you got Justin Jefferson. You got Adam Thielen, Tyler Conklin. He's making some noise as, as the tight end there. I think – this is a good spot for Minnesota at home, and I think they win this one outright. Uh, I've got I've got Vikings money line here. I think we've got. I, I think you've talked me into the over forty seven here. It seems kind of low for the Vikings, who always kind of seem to be in shootouts. Even though you know, somewhat recently they haven't. You know, they had thirty four thirty one against Baltimore, twenty seven twenty last week against the Chargers. I can kind of see this as a track meet. And ultimately, as time is winding down, who do you trust more? Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. So I, I'm going to take the Packers. The, the one reason why I'll push against that just a little bit of the over, only because Green Bay moves at a turtle's pace. Like, and, and not that Minnesota is like super fast either. Green Bay moves at a turtle pace as far as pace of play. Like They are one of the bottom feeders. Um, and I, I would have to check what Minnesota's at, but I know they're not like super fast. So that that's one of the things that bothers me, or not bothers me, but like makes me a little bit weary about. But you're right, the total is real low here for and and I also think like divisional matchups 
I I worry about like maybe more of a slugfest being mm-hmm. everybody. But if Dalvin Cook is ripping off fifty plus yard rushes, it doesn't matter. Like he's gonna, right. gonna score quicker than normal. Right. Okay? So I don't know, man. I I yeah, I do like Minnesota here though a lot. You know, you're right. I do like that we're a little contrarian. We're against each other. I like that. Can't wait yep. to drive up to Rockford on Monday and just throw it in your face. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I hope you drive up here just so we can have a couple beers. But Right, definitely. Um, if you want to throw it in my face, that's fine. Just don't throw the beer in my face. <laughs> um, so that's whatever works. Uh, but no, man, yeah, I love that we're on both uh, different sides of this because it makes it fun as we're viewing the games and we can kind of talk shit to each other back and forth via uh, text message or whatever. So. Um, but yeah, let's move on here. We spent a little bit of time on that. Uh, we got Cowboys at Chiefs. Chiefs lane two and a half points at home, and the over under is fifty six. Just an outrageous number for the NFL. Um, I'll start it off. Fireworks! Like I, I this matchup screams shootout to me, and not mm-hmm. just because of the total. It's just because of what these two offenses can do, and what one of them has been doing, and the other one seems to be figuring out uh, with the Chiefs. Like last week against the Raiders, it's you know, they, they played more to their their standards that we've been accustomed to seeing over the years uh, behind Patrick Mahomes and and uh, this offense. You know, you've got disgustingly talented weapons as far as, like, the Cheetah goes, Tyreek Hill, and uh, Travis Kelsey, you know, one of the best receiving tight ends in the game. And then on the other side, Dak has all these weapons. He's got Zeke out of the backfield, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Amari, Gavin. Amari Cooper is out. With COVID. Oh, super out? Okay. Oh, didn't that. That, yeah, that was today. Okay, that's that presents wow. Now right. I want to look at Michael Gallup's prop bets. Right. I wish I would have known that before jumping on here. Um that that sucks because Michael Gallup's prop bets just became really appeasing to me. Or appealing. Um might have to look into that for sure if it if the lines haven't already jumped. But I don't know. I just look at this 41 points against the Raiders on Sunday night last week for the chiefs. We know how awful their defense can be and it's not going to do them any favors here against the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys are first in points per game and they just dropped 43 on the Falcons head last week. Uh, Cowboys defensively, you know, they've been led by Micah Parsons. He's, he's got six sacks having an outstanding year. Uh, And Trayvon Diggs, a cornerback, he leads the league with eight interceptions. So, I mean, that said, I've seen Diggs be overly aggressive at times. And if he lines up against the Cheetah here, which I expect him probably to most of the time against Tyreek Hill, I see some double moves in the works. I see Tyreek Hill's speed potentially burning Trayvon Diggs. There's a chance he gives up a big player too deep. That said, I'm going with Travis Kelsey to get an anytime touchdown. Uh, before we jumped on, it was minus 115, I found, on one book, which I hate laying juice for an anytime touchdown, but Kelsey only has five touchdowns this year, wow. which is low for him. Right. And, and he hasn't really been targeted as much in the red zone. I think it's a that's a big reason why this season, and obviously the offense has struggled. Especially with, with him coming off the, the big game, though, eight catches, 119 yards, uh, playing a little bit of a narrative here, but – you know, Kelsey with only one touchdown in the last five games, 
I think he scores a touchdown this week. Like, like he's too big of a factor in the red zone if you use him. And I expect him to get down there against this Cowboys defense. Uh, just the way they were performing last week, too. A building on that. I, I like uh, Kelsey as an anytime touchdown. That's my bet. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you have, Joe? I, I agree with you about Travis Kelsey. Hearing that he's only scored five touchdowns this season is shocking because that man is the biggest threat as a tight end in the league right now, I would say. But it, it's this is a big game where I think we're going to understand what the Chiefs are a little bit. I think we all know what the Cowboys are. I think we trust the Cowboys. And I'm not sure if that trust, at least for me personally, is back with the Chiefs. They absolutely beat up on the Raiders, but the Raiders have also beat up on themselves. They have recently had to release both of their first uh, first round picks from 2020. You know, we don't have to get into the, the situation as why, but and they're on an interim coach. You know, that's all those. All, you know, all those things I feel like played a, a big factor into a, a, a eventual blowout loss to the Chiefs. I think this is a big week to see what the Chiefs are. They they went they simplified everything. You saw Daryl Williams out of the backfield have over a hundred yards receiving, and I think that's if I don't know if that was a if that was just a game plan against the Chief or the Raiders, or if that's something that they're planning on continuing to just simplify things for Mahomes. But this is one of those games where I would bet the over and just enjoy it. Just enjoy this game. This is the biggest matchup of the NFL Sunday. Bet the over, enjoy the game. Hope for 60 points apiece. You know, make it like that Monday night game from like three years ago with the Chiefs and the Rams. Yeah. Just watch points galore. And I I loved what you said about possible matchup between Trayvon Diggs and and Tyreek Hill. Trayvon Diggs is a gambler. And Tyreek Hill can burn, man. So don't be surprised to see him get burned on a couple double moves. So if, if I was going to pick a side, I would probably take the Cowboys just because of that trust factor. But it's a tough one to peg, man. I might just enjoy this one. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I had the most difficult time. That's why I had to look elsewhere with the props. And, I mean, of course, you know, if anybody's been watching the show or is curious – I do an article every week, at least I try to every week, a prop bet article. I mean, Joe, you're probably aware of that, but Mm -hmm. I, uh, I really look for these props anyways, but this game was so hard to decide as far as like spread and total wise that, that total, I want to bet the over, like I, I could easily see like a 30 points on each side type of game, each team putting up 30 plus points. But the problem is, is once, once you start reaching that 56 plus game, in the NFL, like I just have an extremely hard time, and 56 is kind of a key number. Like at the, the over and be a part of history. Yeah, <laughs> right. I I should. I should honestly. I yeah, it's so tough for me. I I don't know. We'll see how how uh, how ballsy I'm feeling once we get once we get to Sunday, and I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, put a 25 on it or something. I don't know. We'll see how I'm feeling, but. As of right now, I just can't do it just because I hate the high total like that. Understandable. But, yeah, man, I'm with you. I, I think we will see a classic shootout here. That's kind of my thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and to back up your point, too, I mean, uh, 
the Cowboys haven't exactly been great against opposing running backs too either as far as uh, allowing receptions. Uh, they've given up 50 catches for 347 yards to opposing running backs. So that's something to look at again possibly with uh, Darrell Williams there. So just to kind of uh, emphasize what you were talking about. Um, anyways, let's move on here. We've, we've got a little bit of catching up to do, but we're not we're not far away. We've got uh, the Cardinals here laying two and a half on the road against Seattle, uh, taking on the Seahawks over under at 48 right now is what I saw it at. Um, I don't know. What do you what do you think? What do you make of this one? Uh, what's your lean and what, what's your outlook for this one? So I think I'll, this game is completely dependent on if Kyle Murray plays. I think the Cardinals have been extremely smart with him. Mm-hmm. They don't want him to go out there and hurt himself even more because they had they've built themselves a nice cushion. You know, they don't need to go out there and compete. They don't they don't need to go out there and win necessarily to keep themselves in the playoff hunt because because of the way they played early in the season. So I think if Kyler Murray's playing, I think that's a good sign. And if Kyler Murray plays, I would have that as my bet of the week. So, but again, if he's not playing, it's it's tough because Russell Wilson looked very bad last week. Just the Seahawks in general did not look very great last week at Green Bay. And you, you kind of question, is Russell Wilson fully healthy? I mean, you just don't know. So I think if Kyler Murray's playing, you absolutely take that two and a half. If he's not, you have to question it a little bit. I'm right there with you. I honestly think, and this is the hard part, if if Kyler Murray plays, I believe this line's going to jump. Definitely. Uh, I, I actually think, I think this line is is uh, accounted for. I would I just assuming, I think this line is accounted for him to play. And I think if he's not playing, you'll see maybe two and a half for the Seahawks. That's just a guess. Mm-hmm. As it is at Seattle. Oh, I definitely see. If he's out, the line's moving the other direction too. I think that's why it's like that's why I'm saying though. I think it's like an in between set line, in my opinion. I think they did this on purpose. They put this there because they weren't sure about Kyler. Mm-hmm. Despite it doesn't sound like it's a for sure thing at all that he plays. Right. And that's what I'm I'm looking at this and I'm like, man, I I don't know. I mean, I think they're pretty much doomed. You got DeAndre Hopkins out this week. Kyler Murray, he's a game time decision. If he plays, how good is he gonna be? Like, is how is he fully healthy? Like, that's that's kind of my concern there, too. And I can't say definitively that he is. See, and and that's my point. I'm saying I think the Cardinals have been smart with him, and I think they're gonna continue being smart with him. And if he's not good to go, he's not. If he's not anywhere near good to go, he's not going to play. If he's playing, I feel like he is as close to being 100 percent as he can be. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to. That's the only way they let him. They let him play. And if they do let him play, I think that I would feel really confident in that number. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, when you put it like that, it really does make a lot of sense. Um, by the way, not to intervene here but it looks like cj stroud's passing yards is went up even from the book that i took it at uh since we hopped on here which kind of ticks me off because that was going to be my lock of the week Mm -hmm. for for, uh college but uh anyways not to stray too far away from the point here what we were talking about my gut tells me the seahawks 
Like this is this is there's them they're gonna start to figure out a little bit here with I mean, but Pete Carroll just seems to be insistent on running the ball. Mm-hmm. And now you got Alex Collins banged up. You got Chris Carson, who was just announced that he's gonna miss the the, the rest of the season mm-hmm. with I think it was a neck injury. I could be wrong yeah, on that. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, they were just shut out against Green Bay. Like we talked about with the, the Green Bay and when we were discussing the Green Bay Vikings and Vikings game. Wilson was a little bit rusty there. So, I don't know. I just – you got Kyler's this game-time decision. My gut tells me Seattle figures it out. But and if, if Pete Carroll is going to try to run the ball, like, hardcore against a team that's top 10 against the run, Seattle also and, – and, like I said, not having Carson, possibly not having Collins. I mean, he's banged up. We don't know. I haven't seen exactly if he's going to play or not, but I know he missed like a practice or something this week. Uh, potentially, this great this game just screams under to me. Like mm-hmm. I agree, screams under. I know it's forty eight, not an extremely high total. It just screams under. It's that's the that's my bet for this game for sure. I agree, definitely. So, um, with that said, Joe, do you have any uh, honorable mentions or uh, anything else you want to talk about with the NFL slate? Just quickly, I think it's a big number. I think it's the biggest number of the week in the NFL. But the Browns, it's at minus 12 right now at home against the Lions. Nick Chubb's back, and I think that's all you need to know. They're going to win by two touchdowns. Okay. They're going to win by two touchdowns. Baker Mayfield's banged up. They're not gonna. They're hardly gonna need them. You know, the Lions are coming off an, an emotional game where they were not able to get the win out, but they tied, and I feel like that's their win. So, you know, I, I just think the Browns are just gonna kind of come out and and just stroll to a, at least a two touchdown win, and especially Jared Goff is questionable to play. He hasn't practiced, and their backup, the name is uh, escaping me, but he has very limited NFL experience. He's been taking most of the first team snaps this week. Yeah. No. Yeah. You make a lot of great points there. I could easily see the Browns smashing them, wiping the floor with them this week, especially coming off a tough loss last week. I mean, you got pretty much destroyed by the Patriots. Yep. So you're, you're looking at this as this team's much better than that. They just played a good team and a well-coached team. Not saying that the Lions aren't well-coached, but, they don't even compare talent-wise to really any team. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they fight a lot of weeks, but I like that call. It is a lot of points, but I still like that call. Um, honorable mentions for me, I just like the Bengals minus one. I, I'm not going to go into too big a detail here. I just really believe the Brown, the Bengals are the much better team in this spot. Like – all across the board. We saw what happened last week against the Chiefs. I mean, I, I just don't see the Bengals are going to. I know they've had some struggles too, but this team can do pretty much whatever they want, I think, in the passing game against uh, this this Raiders team. And I even – I don't care. I Minus one, I think it's a gift. Anything under a field goal I think is a gift. So I, that's my honorable mention of the week. I like it. Um. Final spot here. This is pretty much it that we have uh, lined up for anybody listening, watching. Uh, Crack'em locks of the week. Joe, I'll start with you. Uh, Let's start with in college. 
What is your crack and lock of the week for college football? It's a game we talked about. I think Alabama minus 20 and a half. I think it's going to be a route. It's, I'm sure it'll be a public pick, but you don't get rich betting against Alabama. And I'm going to get rich betting on Alabama. I think they're going to route them. I think it's, I think it'll be a pretty easy win. You're not going to hear much about it because you expect it. I could definitely see it. You know, uh, like I said, I, you know, I was more on the side of the, uh, the under in that game, but I could definitely see them winning by more than three touchdowns. Like, like what's Like what's a route? I think like three touchdowns you cover. Like what's a route? Right. You, you know, you're, you're right. Cause you know, 21 points you would say is a route, but if they're only covering by half a point, is that really, you know, it's kind of ex- expected. Right. But I guess I was going under the assumption that 21 points is a route. <laughs> <laughs> it, and then, it is a route in this sense though. Cause right. you would win your bet, but like it'd be a sweat. Right. 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 You know, it would, I, it would be a route technically. Though. I think it'll be a somewhat, uh, not very stressful 21 at least 21 point victory i'll just put it that way that's fair that's definitely fair no i could see it happening uh i yeah i could see it happening uh for the for college for me i mean the the cj straw passing yards that was actually my lock believe it or not before i saw that, that it's jumped i'm sure at some books you can still get it below 320 passing yards and take the over on that and I'm going to go ahead and say that that I would still do that, like absolutely, even if you can't get 311 and a half, which is what I got. And I feel great about it now because that's like extreme closing line value. What did it go up to? I think it – well, on DraftKings anyways, it was at 324 and a half. So almost 10 yards. That's more than 10 yards. That's, oh, was it 15? Yeah, it's about 13 yards right there. So, I mean, I feel great about that closing line value, but – I honestly, and you know what? I'm going to make that my lock and just hope that you can find that under 320. Anything under 320 against Michigan State, C.J. Stroud, I believe, even if they will have success running the ball as well, mm-hmm. which I do think they will, I think C.J. Stroud goes over 320 this week. And and I would even feel comfortable personally taking it as far as like th- – 325 like like what it's at right now 324 and a half on DraftKings I would take it over that that's probably as far as I would go though and I'll just I'll just leave it at that what what do you have uh for the NFL what's your for the NFL I'm between two the one we just talked about with the Browns minus 12 but I also like Carolina minus three and a half I think Cam Newton's not what he used to be but he's just gonna provide just an, an insane amount of juice to that team and they just routed a Kyler Murray-less Cardinals team. And the the and Washington is coming off a big win against Tampa. I think if you're looking at those two games, I have more belief that Carolina is much better than the than what Washington did last week against Tampa Bay. And I think Cam just comes out and just provides enough juice where they, they can cover that three and a half number. So since we already talked about the Browns game, I'll just nut up and take three and a half with the Panthers against Washington. Hey, you're giving the people more picks. Yeah. So I think that's great because what's better than more picks? Like you want to have a little bit of something on, I wouldn't say each of these games because 
<laughs> you don't want to go over the top and just have bets spread out. I know people that are like that. They just bet the entire board. Uh-huh. And and there's times where I've even, I'm not going to say I haven't done it. I have done it, and I just trust my process that, like, I'll come out better. I'll be higher than 50% on the games than, I, than most weeks. So I can see why people do that also. But it does take a lot of time. It does take a lot of research. And I don't – I don't. I think having, like, a specific amount of games that you bet on is the best strategy, like, if we're just talking overall strategy. Um, anyways, my, my crack and lock of the week for NFL, I had three different selections that I could have went with here. And I'll just kind of list them all off, but I'm going to give you my best one. So I like the Bengals minus one. I like the Seahawks game to go under, and I like the Bears over. Those are like three of my favorites. My lock, my crack'em lock of the week will be Seattle and Arizona going under. I just don't see any way around it. This game is going to go under. The Seahawks, they don't run at an extremely fast pace, and I can't imagine that Arizona is going to want to in the condition that Kyler's in, being a game-time decision. even though, Unless they're really being dishonest here with, and they know the status of him and they think he's really just going to suit up, I don't think that they're going to be pushing it super hard with him this first week back. And if even better, if it's Colt McCoy getting announced as a starter, you know it's exactly what's happening with that line. Mm-hmm. It's going to go straight down to possibly yep. even 45 or something like that so, or, or lower. So I think if you can grab that under now, I would do that. And that's that's going to be my lock of the week. Awesome. So, Joe, any other uh, – this has been fun, man. This yeah, has been good. it's been good to get back on the mic. But, I, I unfortunately, I do got to get out of here. But it was a pleasure. Good luck to everybody who was uh, tailing us. <laughs> Joe, yeah, Absolutely, man. I'll just shout out the handles real quick. Anybody listening and watching, uh, follow on at ONTAP Sportsnet. And uh, follow, you can follow Joe at Joe Mayor. Uh, it's at Joe on Tap. Actually, it is right? at Joe on Tap. It did change it. Yeah, and then follow me if you uh, would be so kindly at the right 326. And uh, yeah, man, you can find all your, you know, we've got sports articles up all the time. We've got even beer reviews up. We've got all Chicago sports articles and podcasts at ontapsportsnet.com. Be sure to check out uh, vividseats.com and betrivers.com as well. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but you could uh, use the promo code ONTAP uh, to get $10 off for Bet Rivers as well, or first-time deposit match, I believe. Um, anyways, mix up the two promo codes. Uh, you know where to find us, and that's it for this week. It's been fun, and we'll, we'll talk next week. Good luck.